This is Polarized Lens with Jennifer Merchan. Polarized Lens is a podcast that examines life through the filter of bipolar disorder. Created and hosted by a person living with bipolar disorder, Polarized Lens aims to explore the challenges of that mode of life in this neurotypical world, raise awareness, and help those who want to understand more about bipolar disorder. Content note. Suicide and the stigma that follows it is discussed in a large part of the episode. Episode 7, Stigma of Mental Illness If you've been following this podcast, or even if you have any awareness of the world around you, you can probably attest to some of the indignities of mental illness. I've been too busy telling my story to dwell on the indignities, but I hope that I've been telling it in a way that they are clear. Some are minor but wearing, others are not minor and harder to bear. But the stigma of mental illness looms like a storm cloud in the sky and can feel like the pressure of the ocean. The silences created by stigma can be deadly. So let's take out our polarized lens, give it a bit of a twist, and examine that stigma. Stigma is something that many people experience for varied reasons, but the stigma of mental illness holds a special place in the public's collective heart, and the different types of mental illness rank at different levels of stigma. On the bottom rung of the ladder sits depression and generalized anxiety disorder. Then, right above that, comes OCD and PTSD. In the middle of the ladder, we find bipolar disorder. Above that are dissociative identity disorder and borderline personality disorder. And on that rung all the way at the top sits schizophrenia. The more unusual the behaviors associated with the illness, the greater the stigma. What makes even less sense than stigma of merely living with mental illness is the stigma encountered when trying to seek treatment. Seeking treatment for your illness does not mean you are weak. Acknowledging your illness and then actively seeking treatment, advocating for yourself, and persisting in caring for yourself is the bravest course of action you can take. Now, when you are first diagnosed with bipolar disorder, for a while, your life becomes devoured by it. You don't know what is you and what is bipolar disorder. This is when you have to learn that you are not the illness, you are living with bipolar disorder. Even though you are just living with it, bipolar disorder is not a friendly companion. It is a savage beast that you have to work hard to keep in check with medicine, with therapy, and with coping skills. But no matter what you do, no matter how well you keep the beast in check, it will rear its ugly head when you can least afford it. And when that happens, you have to be ready to deal with the stigma that comes with bipolar disorder. Having been diagnosed with both major depression and bipolar disorder, I can tell you that the stigma of bipolar disorder really does rank in order of magnitude greater than the stigma of major depression. This is due in part to bipolar disorder being a more severe and harder to treat illness. Also, the behavior of a person with depression causes less discomfort to others than that of a person with bipolar disorder. Case in point, when the man I am married to now is depressed, he sleeps, bothering no one. But when I have a mixed episode, I don't just get angry at people, I yell and rage. It doesn't happen much anymore except in microbursts, 
but it used to happen often and not briefly. I once nearly put my foot through a car windshield from the inside. People also think depression can be fixed, that the person is just going through a bad time. Those same people immediately write off people with bipolar disorder as completely hopeless basket cases to be avoided at any cost. I ran into stigma at the doctor's office. My gastroenterologist, after I had been seeing him for a few years, surprised me when I brought up my bipolar disorder in an office visit. It obviously made him uncomfortable, and he said, You don't seem bipolar. You seem fine. Usually I can smell it on people. Then he added, But not you, like it was a compliment. It was mortifying. Then there's the stigma when there should be none within the family. Silence about mental illness has no place within families. Family members need to know when mental illness and bipolar disorder runs in the family. That awareness is necessary so they can watch out for it in themselves and their children. Not to mention avoiding the isolation a young adult family member feels when they realize there is something wrong. And of course, families should be able to discuss what behaviors to look out for to know when something is wrong or when help is needed. Which brings me to the greatest stigma, the stigma of suicide. I have had four first cousins die by suicide that I know of. And that's what I want to talk about, the that I know of part. Here in this part of the country, the stigma of suicide manifests as silence. In these heavily Catholic small rural communities, the victims are not blamed, but martyred in silence and pity. The church no longer sees suicide as a black and white issue, but instead sees that, quote, grave psychological disturbances, anguish, or grave fear of hardship, suffering, or torture can diminish the responsibility of the one committing suicide, end quote. If someone dies by suicide, the deceased and their family are met with prayers and sympathy by the community. When the veil of silence is broken, it's usually by an older person who has seen so much suicide, and what is heard most is, I guess he just couldn't take it anymore. It is clear that within the silence lies not only pain, but shame. What was done is unspeakable, and the silence is deafening. The silence makes it harder for others in the family with similar problems to get effective help when needed, and to know that they are by no means alone. In many of the communities of the United States, those who die by suicide, especially those who appear in the media, are openly blamed for their actions or for the feelings of others. They are called selfish or immoral, considered broken or cowards, and are seen as bringers of shame to their families. This is public stigma, the opinions of people outside the deceased person's family. The thinking and language surrounding suicide is changing. The media's handling of it is evolving as well, so we can and should talk about suicide and thoughts of suicide when they are relevant. We should not discuss methods and locations and the mistaken notion that it is a valid escape. People with suicidal ideations are helped through discussion of their feelings. 
No one is helped by expose-style descriptions of the scene where someone has taken their life. How do I respond to stigma articulated and directed at me? Historically, with silence and shame. How would I like that to change in the future? I'm not entirely sure, but taking command of the conversation from the start seems like a good idea in some situations. I've started by no longer being silent about my diagnosis. I've started talking about mental illness and bipolar disorder openly, when appropriate, even when it makes others uncomfortable. I have told my manager at work about my diagnosis because changing meds was throwing me and my performance for a loop, and it was relevant. I will no longer hesitate to let my doctors know I have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Yes, it's on my chart, and so are my meds, but I want it openly visible in the room. It affects too much of my health to let it lurk in the background. And yes, I did find a new gastroenterologist. I have come out online as the author of a blog about bipolar disorder and lithium, and openly use my real name as the host of this podcast. Mainly, I hope to reach others with bipolar disorder who feel alone in what can be a struggle and are searching for company on their journey. Some of the ways you can fight stigma in your life include not delaying treatment because of what people say, even family, and sticking with treatment in spite of obstacles you come up against. What you are experiencing is real, and there is help out there. If you are in a position to and feel up to it, you can speak out against the use of disrespectful or abusive language and maybe encourage family members to be more open and accepting of mental illness in general. Normalize talking about mental illness in the same way people talk about physical illnesses. When something's not right, just talk about it. And, most importantly, Make sure that self-stigma and negative thoughts about yourself don't prevent you from self-care. Don't let stigma win. Thank you for listening. This has been Polarized Lens with Jennifer Merchan. Visit polarized-lens.com for bonus content. I am not a doctor. This podcast is not medical advice. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, don't hesitate. Call or text 988 and connect with someone who can help. Don't go down that road alone.